Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Recording to the cloud. I'm so excited. I'm really, I'm excited about this one. I had to adjust myself in the seat because my guest today is, let's be honest, he's kind of a badass. And I'm probably going to be going to school here for the next hour or so. And I can't wait because it's on a topic that, you know, I kind of, I got the basics down and then I never really looked at it again. And so like 10 years later, I'm probably so out of date. What is that topic? SEO content. Let's get after it. Well, who is this guest, Casey? Stop teasing us with a good time. Well, this podcast is actually going over the river, through the woods, across the pond to the United Kingdom, where we're talking to a guest who is a leader, a strategist, a marketer, an inbound practitioner. I would even call him the Leonardo da Vinci of SEO with his content creating machines. He is the VP of SEO for USERP, the VP of SEO for Codeless. James Shearer, welcome to the show, sir. Oh my goodness, Casey, that was that was above and beyond the best intro I've ever had on any podcast. I'm going to change my resume to Leonardo da Vinci of SEO. Boom, so there it is. call me out on it. Amazing. Love it. There Thank it is. you. Love, good to be here, man. Happy to be here. Looking yeah, I, I see like the drawings too. You have the little you know, sketches like Leonardo I'm does the with the helicopter yeah. and everything. <laughs> Sick. Sick brand. There it is. You created it. in a moment. Um, well, hey, man, I'm going to stop talking. I can't wait to get to learning here so i gotta pass you this thing it's heavy though but i'm sure you work out over there in the uk Ugh. okay here we go go ahead grab that you want to go ahead, grab that one hand, right. two hand. okay you got two hands okay there you go Is, am i worthy oh you're holding it right now okay take thor's oh, hammer oh my goodness smash for me some kind of marketing myth bogus strategy misconception set the record straight once and for all I want to bust the myth that every content piece that you produce, every blog article, every whatever has to be absolute standout amazing in order for you to have a successful SEO strategy. I want to bust the myth, you know, put forward years ago by Brian Dean, the skyscraper strategy and like that, you know, everything has to be a hundred times or 10 times better than anything else out there in order for you to succeed. I think that that has seriously it's put, it's put this insane barrier to entry onto SEO and content production for small, medium-sized businesses across the board. It's put this kind of, uh, you know, A, SEO is hard enough as it is without having this crazy standard uh, that we all need to live up to in order for us to possibly imagine succeeding the content. <clears throat> I work at a company, Toadless does like 400 pieces of content a month for clients ranging from, you know, Fortune 500 down to like, a young, you know, a young startup who has a little bit of money from some VC and they want to throw it into content. And when you're talking about volume at scale, content production at scale in SEO, intelligent SEO in 2023 means doing it at volume with intention. Because realistically, we want to see what's going to stick. And I don't know what's going to stick. I've been doing this for 13 years, man. I don't know what article is going to stick more than any other. So long as I'm aligning all of, all of my content with best practices, and site design, and all the rest of it, I don't know. So I want, to, I want to publish at volume good content. I don't need to throw $3,000 into every single content piece because if I do and then it doesn't work, I'm not, I'm not 3000 bucks. 
Yeah, you put too so much in the pot. I want to open it up into any business who wants to try SEO. I want to open the door, have a go, see what sticks, double down on that. I oh, love that. It's like you, you don't want to commit that 3K resource, <laughs> the giant white paper that nobody actually wants to read or that flop, completely flops. So how do you balance? How do you figure out what is good enough? Well, first and foremost, you build a content strategy. You, your content strategy needs to be amazing. The content itself built off that content strategy doesn't have to be the best thing ever written on that subject. But you need to have intention with every content piece. Every content piece that you create, you need to think about if this ranks, what is it supporting? How is it driving my prospects to my business specifically? What is the intent behind every search term? Once you have a content strategy that you feel really, really good about, then you tap into high volume content production practices built around tools that help you build outlines. Um, freelancers that can do a huge portion of the work, editors that do a little bit of tweak, tweaks this and the other, a project management tool that facilitates the entire production process, um, AI tools like Marky Muse and Phrase and ClearScope and, uh, and SEO Surfer and Writer.com and, and Autocrit who do analysis of, is this optimized research? The piece that whoever puts it together, check that with them. Who checks, is this plagiarized in any way? Who checks, does this have you know, M dashes versus, you know, uh, semicolons. There are tools out there that you can rely on to create good content at scale without spending a million dollars on every piece on every single piece. And so rely on them. I mean, it's, it's as true within content as it is in every, every business right now. The businesses that are most effectively utilizing a tech stack are the businesses that see more effective, quicker growth. If you use the tools that are out there, you're going to grow more quickly. Man, mic drop, hammer drop. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Drop it. What, what time is it over there? It's 3.11 p.m. And this is my like fourth cup of coffee. So I'm I, I'm rolling in case you're like, get Hell yeah, you are. Day. This is yeah, like flow I'm state. Like, I'm like mid-afternoon, man. Yeah. We're about to go play Tron Frisbee at some point. It just it's about to happen. After the lunch slump and like before. Yeah, I'm 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 all right over here. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. So good. There's a couple of things I, I wanna um go more after uh, go more after mm -hmm. dive in mm -hmm. deeper in the words of Greg McDonough. Um content strategy must be amazing, but the content is, is. good. Man, I, the way you described it. So cool. I think sometimes we go right for the tactic, right? We're like, hey, hey, what's your favorite tool? What's what's uh, you know, what's your favorite? Oh, James' favorite tool is this, uh, is that, and then we just go right for that. But it's like, hold on a second, you need a content strategy. And then I heard, what's the intent behind every every piece of content? Like, what's the search? Can you talk to me about that? Like, how, what's the best way to approach content strategy? With intention. Um, With intention. <laughs> short answer. Show over. Done. <laughs> well, it is because there's two components of intent that are absolutely essential. The first is the intent that we all understand, which is there's no point in publishing a single blog article that my business's prospective clients, users, customers aren't going to want to read. Because the whole point of this is content marketing. It's not just content creation. You can publish something that has significant, you know, targets a key phrase, a significant search volume. I don't really care. If that search isn't related to something that I want to talk about and promote, 
there's no point in generating 10,000 readers to a single blog article. So I want to focus around targeting exclusively key phrases that my prospective clients and customers are searching for. So once I decide what are those kind of, what, what, is, what is that subject matter? Then I can build a content plan around those subjects, identifying key phrases that are really competitive that I want to support with secondary content after the fact. Internal linking is huge. So that's the first side of it. Real quick, second part of how it, do I yeah, know please. those key phrases that my customers are obsessed about or would consume? Well, what do you sell? If you sell project It'd be podcasting. Great, podcasting. <laughs> Type in podcasting into an SEO tool and say, okay, that is way too competitive a key phrase, but right. the search volume is absolutely insane. So what do I actually do? I help businesses identify you know, really interesting ideas for podcasting. Okay, podcasting ideas. Let's see what the search volume is for a key phrase like podcasting ideas. What else do I do? I help businesses succeed with podcasting. I help businesses um, market their podcast, promote their podcast. Where can I put podcasts? Podcast hosting. All of these ideas that you kind of drill into it, you drop into a keyword analysis tool and they're spitting out like, oh, podcasting ideas and search volume of 750 per month. And the competitiveness level is, you know, it's pretty okay. It's like 33 to 35. So still pretty competitive. But maybe I say that that's one of my, the top of this category articles. I invest maybe a little bit more in that content piece. And then I create another article that is lower search volume, but more attainable, something like um, uh, business podcast ideas or uh, podcast examples or um, types of, I don't know, types of podcasts, whatever it is. Those are the more attainable key phrases. I write those and I internally link to my podcasting ideas article um, or my podcast marketing article. And through internal linking and just length of time and good promotion and solid SEO best practices on all of it, then I can get even my most competitive stuff to rank in the long term. Hell yeah. The other side of this is intention. And I kind of alluded it there. So this intention is like, am I targeting stuff that my prospective customers or clients are searching for? Right. And the second thing is I just talked about it. All of the... Write, I want to know exactly why I'm writing them from a structural perspective. So if I write podcast ideas first, then I know that that's my priority key phrase that I want people to find me through when a huge number of people are searching for that, but it's very competitive. So now I'm going to build content that is intended to support that piece of content, supporting content based on internal linking, backlinking, and when that early, when that more volume, less competitive content ranks, then the value of the internal link that it sends to my really competitive article increases. So I want those to rank early and quick, and they can because they're targeting less competitive search terms. And when they do, they support with intention my more competitive articles. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, what kind of things do you take into consideration when writing these articles? The the search phrase is, you know, B2B podcast hosting or something. It, are, sure. are you just trying to, I mean, you, are you not obliterating that term 30 times in the article? How no. how deep do you go in that? I mean, you definitely are including that phrase in the article a few times for sure. You want to tell Google really clearly what your content is about so that it understands when it's crawling the entirety of the web. You need to tell Google what you're about. And there are a few primary ways that you do that. 
the first is in like the title tag, you know, what is the title of your article? Um, what kind of key phrases are in the, are in the headers of your article? Cause in those tags, the title, the header, even bolded text, you are telling Google that these are the key phrases that are most important to me within this URL. Also true of meta titles, also true of meta descriptions, right? Um, you're telling Google what's important. Um, but I, you I also heard that like to, meta titles and description, maybe it's rumors were like, oh, they look at those. Oh, they don't look at those. Oh, they do look at those. I, what's your take on that? You just fill them out. If we're, if we're looking to really get a solid understanding of what does Google care about the most and what does Google not care about, A, it changes all the time. B, they never say we wait this more than we do this other thing. What we do with an SEO and content creation is we, we, we align our content as best we can with the best practices as we understand them. Having a title tag or having a meta title that features your primary key phrase or an article is not going to hurt your chance to rank for that article. Mm. Is it going to help? Maybe. Is it going <laughs> to hurt? No. Let's do it. Do all the things. Do all, do the, all things the things that help that don't hurt. That we think are going to help. Right. Yeah. And we have a pretty good understanding of the type of content that ranks. Um, so publish that type of content. And that's the second answer to your question of like, how are you evaluating? How are you kind of creating this content? And it is, it is to a certain extent for SEO purposes, built around what is the searcher looking for? I really do got to align with that. And that is more true now than it even was a year or two ago, because Google has, you know, their most recent core algorithm update which is only in August, was about helpful content. It was called the helpful content update. I mean, it, they called it update 3.2.0.4, but we all called it the helpful content update because the idea behind it is that Google, A, is um, punishing AI-written content exclusively or in duplicate content, but B, they are getting really, really good at identifying what is the searcher looking for and does the content that we're ranking align with that search. And that means thought leadership. It means a unique take. It doesn't mean, and this is the core element, it doesn't mean regurgitation of what's already ranking. So you need to take into consideration what's already ranking and make sure that if it's ranking, that means that Google has, is, has said this is good. So kind of do align with what's currently ranking and then also add something new and unique and uh, and kind of novel to the subject because that's what Google is going to be rewarding in 2023. I love it. I'm so glad we're chatting. You know, in, <laughs> in, in my experience with, with marketing and SEO, it, it's always this thing where you not saying 2023 is critical. Like you're saying this is 2023. Things change so often. And I literally saw a, a reel on, I think it was on YouTube where some content guy uh who's trying to be a leonardo but he's definitely not but was like look guys i'm the content guy i take i take that article from my ranking number one i throw it in jarvis little ai action yeah, yeah crunches yeah. it up and hey, i got a blog and then i take that my own new article i throw that back in there and it crunches it up and then gives me another article and it sounds like i mean that might have been great advice prior to this update but google's on to this hundred percent. And How that's fundamentally know? because it's the same content. Got they it. know semantically what this, like if we, we can take this sentence, I mean, 
do you think that Google doesn't have within its systems a tool that can do the same thing that Jasper and Jarvis and, and, and <laughs> market news and phrase? Are you mean, are we serious right now? Right. They can do this. They know what those platforms are pulling from ranking content and what they're spitting out and how. And, but don't get me wrong. There are uses for those tools. It is okay. not creating content from scratch. It is not creating full draft articles. It is helping freelance writers and your writers understand more quickly that what is ranking, the structure of it has legitimacy. These, if you're talking about podcasting ideas, then you might have a section on um, examples of, 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 of successful podcasts. All of the ranking competition has that. That seems to align with the search intent. Let's make sure that we include that within our article. And those platforms, Jasper, Jarvis, whatever, will help you create an outline that you can then add your own unique take on a subject to make an article that ranks more successfully. And it'll help you do that more quickly. Well, you know, I'm, I'm continually impressed as much as they got rid of don't be evil and their core values. <laughs> Google. That was so weird. And that, why, why would you choice. do that? Why would you do that? Just keep it. I mean, now you're just concerning me. <laughs> yeah. And for those listening, so they literally had like do no evil as a core value at Google, but they, they literally got rid of that. So yeah, there's that. But at the same yeah. time, I'm continually impressed that the advice tends to be this like write good things and and don't, you know, don't cheat and don't just write good content. Talk to me about to help me figure out what what good content is versus like excellent. Cause I think sometimes we get, I want to make this thing the best content ever. And you said, look, if you got a good content strategy, the content itself can be good. It doesn't have to be excellent. What is that say other 20% that people might be wasting their time on with their content? Like where should they yeah. stop when they're writing an article? At 2000 words, first and foremost. Um, secondly, uh, stop before video. Um, thirdly, stop Wait, say it again. Before, stop before, stop before video, before significant investment in video, stop before, um, audio versions of an article um stop before uh 100 custom images in every piece um now once you've stopped before all of those things publish the article see how it performs organically within seo how is it optimized support it with internal backlinking through all your other content and all, all the relevant content on your site see how it performs over a three-month period if it gets to the second page of Google, you need to be aware of that. That URL is now what I refer to as a 11. It's, a, it's low hanging fruit. It's ripe for optimization. Optimization means taking it that next couple steps to be excellent content. Because as much as I said, you don't need to do excellent content, only excellent content ranks on the first page or in the top three. However, a lot of the content that you produce, whether good or excellent, won't rank organically. So don't invest an excellent amount of resources and budget in every single content piece. It'll get right. to 12th organically. It'll get to just off the first page of Google organically. Then you can dive in and add video and add custom images and add 500 words of word count, add, add whatever you need to add to get it to the first page. Also, maybe you you know, drive some backlinks to it externally. Maybe you put a more of an emphasis. It's, it's not one of your top 10 priority 
URLs on your site that you are backlinking to from all your other content pages. And suddenly it's on the first page, but you didn't have to invest in it until it got to the second. That is so brilliant. It's so smart. <laughs> it, it's like, it almost is like a duh, but man, yeah. do we not do that? Do we do the opposite? Because I think there was this push a few years ago, and I think Brian Dean, who is absolutely amazing, don't get me wrong, but the skyscraper strategy, which was this pillar of content, the 10xing everything that ranks, do see what's ranking and then make it 10 times better with every content piece you're doing. I think that that caught on in a kind of unfortunate way. And what it did as well is that it, 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 it made the barrier to entry really, really high. Um, every article that people were putting together was a case study based on their existing clients, whatever. And, and it was 3,000 words and it had this, 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 this. And then when those articles didn't rank, um, because it just didn't click with Google for whatever reason, they had spent so much money on their content strategy for the first quarter, nothing had worked and they'd spent 40 grand and nothing had panned out. And so like, what SEO is not for us. And if it doesn't work in our industry, it doesn't work for our brand, we're going to go back to that. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. That, I mean, how often does that happen? You do something wrong. It doesn't work. You're like, well, I guess this is, exercise is not for me. I'll just get injured every time. It's like, yeah. uh, I don't need to stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe just don't run that 3K out of zero. You know, got to warm up yeah. to it. Uh, so yeah. can I paraphrase you and just say skyscraper sucks? Is that is that appropriate fighting words? I mean, if you want a tagline, sure. I think it's more nuanced than that, Casey, but sure. <laughs> okay, all right. More nuanced, fair enough. No, no battle royale of uh, skyscraper versus uh, Leonardo uh, today. <laughs> I would say skyscraper content, um, hey, you don't need to go skyscraper, but like, only really excellent content ranks for competitive search terms. Um, and by ranking, I mean traffic driving positions. Ranking is top 100. Traffic driving positions are the top five. So it's, it's I mean, there also is unfortunately this other component of, you know, it's not an even playing field and content to the side, high quality content built perfectly with the greatest of intention doesn't necessarily rank either. And some content that is from, you know, older domains or domains with higher, you know, authority, reputation, ranking, worse content will rank more easily than amazing content published by somebody who's totally new to the game. Hmm. And that's unfortunate. Um, but it's also Google saying, well, this is a reputable business. So what they say must be reputable. And how do you get away from that? I mean, how do you fault them for that judgment call? Really? Right. Um, so we, it's a long game. We try to build up domain reputation and ranking. We make sure that we have, you know, um, uh, a strategy to drive high quality referring domains to our site because those are still a vote in our site's favor as far as reputation and ranking position driving goes. So, um, and we also understand first and foremost that if we're doing this, we're doing it, we're, we're in it for the long haul. And at the end of the day, in a year or so, when we're driving a really remarkable ROI from this stuff, we're going to be glad we invested in it. But for the first six months, maybe we didn't see much at all. But that has to be okay. Because in the long run, it, you can succeed with it. You just need to buckle down and be okay with seeing that line not shoot from bottom left to top right immediately. It'll take some time. But oh my God, an article that you wrote a year and a half ago that you haven't invested in 
since it was written, or maybe you threw another couple hundred bucks at it, six month mark, got to the first page of Google, you put a thousand bucks into it in September of 2021. And it's still driving thousands of site visitors to your <laughs> home to, to your site. Yeah. I mean, come on with ROI on that. And then next month it drives another thousand. The month after that it drives another thousand. I haven't touched it. This isn't ads. Ads I'm investing every single month. Every time. Yeah, every click, right? Traffic. Yeah. Every click I'm paying three dollars and sixty cents for. I'm lucky. This is I I spent fifteen hundred bucks, let's say, in September of twenty twenty one. And it drives a thousand page visitors every single month to my site and the intention of those site visitors is to get b2b marketing podcast ideas yeah they have intent they're there for a reason they're not just clicking your silly yeah. link yeah, yeah. and good they're coming in wanting to be educated it's good yeah it's not it's it's they're coming to you they're open to being shown something whereas with advertising and believe me i, I know advertising works I do love advertising for a lot of stuff, but you have to acknowledge that the people who are coming through outbound and advertising campaigns are coming in a, they're guarded. They're coming on the back foot because they know they're being sold to. And so you have to sell to them <laughs> and you just do it pretty aggressively. Whereas inbound traffic, oh, it's the best. <laughs> you know, such a key point. First of all, you got me salivating a thousand visitors and I didn't do anything on the article I wrote. I'm, I'm already inspired, re-inspired uh, to <laughs> take, a, take a stronger look at SEO because holy crap, that would be amazing. And what a cool point I've never heard in my entire life. The idea, it makes total sense that your, your, your clicks, your, your ad visitors are going to be guarded, man. It's like a infomercial. They know they clicked on an ad. Yeah. Yeah. They're not dumb. Sometimes they might be, but like they know they clicked on an ad, hopefully. And so they're yeah. like, okay, what kind of weird landing page? You want my phone number? And then I'm gonna make a fake one up. Right? They're guarded versus you're right. I need answers. Google says my answer is here. Great. Let me go find this answer. And then it's like you're starting on a better foot. You're giving them giving them the answers they wanted. It's it's you're educating them first and foremost. And then in that education, you draw their attention to the pain point that they're searching for an answer to anyway. And oh, how amazing that your platform service business software addresses that pain point in a really natural and uh, you know easy way. It's like, oh, you're struggling with this thing and you're, you're looking for answers to how you can solve it. Here are the nine answers. Here is me educating you. And by the way, the third happens to be how effective our software is or our service or our whatever is addressing a specific issue time-saving, cost-effective, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's right within the education. Mm -hmm. So it's value-oriented messaging. And the value, one of the valuable like points that you're making is that your platform, your business, your software helps. I love that. Built right into the education. So huge. You, you were talking earlier about being patient. Got to be able to be okay with the six months plus of Maybe, maybe some changes are taking some time. And then I got to think if it is a B2B sale and it's not just direct to consumer, then you might have a B2B sales cycle, in which case you may not know for quite a long time if any of that traffic you got from that sexy 1,000 visitors a month page, uh, how yeah. many people converted? And then are those even the right people we wanted on that keyword? And then you have to go back and 
inform all of your keyword strategy. So we're, we're looking at time here, right? I mean, is that, is that a year plus? We're looking at time here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to have a significant kind of test of this thing for most B2B businesses after the two month sales cycle and whatever it is. Um, but that's why we need to feel really good about the content strategy that we create in, in the early days. Mm. Because I want to feel, no, I feel really good that anybody who searches for this search term, we have something to sell them. And what we have to sell them is a compelling offer that makes sense to them. And they understand the value of. What I don't want to do is at the end of the 12 months, have ranking positions, but have targeted the wrong key phrases. Because then I'm looking at, oh, we actually did everything right, except that none of these readers are the right people. Right. And that's a painful position to be in. That's also why I recommend that people run a content plan based on categorization. So if you identify three kind of categories of content, first and foremost, that helps you structure your plan. So around a few pillars, the competitive or key phrases that I talked about targeting first and foremost. And then within that same category, it's support content. And then second category, entirely independent, pretty much independent category of content with its own individual pillars and own individual support pieces. And then at the three month mark or six month mark, you're checking both, both which of these categories, which of these three categories that I published content within naturally clicked with Google, which of the support pieces within these categories or on the first or second page of Google, where's the pillar at within this category? And do I feel good? Secondly, do I feel good that this category, if it's the one that works, is driving relevant high intent traffic to our site? And then you say, okay, cool. A, it's working with Google. And B, I feel good about the traffic here. Let's double down on month seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 on that category specifically. And let's pivot away slightly from one of the other three categories that I did. Amazing. Amazing. You, you completely answered my question. I was like, oh no, what happens? It'll be a year before anything positive can happen. Be like, well, that's why we spent all that time. And we did talking about content strategy to make sure. And that's why we have analytics, man. Well, yeah, I want to get to that too, but the content strategy, <laughs> you, you placed yeah. the best bets you possibly could. And you weren't just, you weren't playing roulette. You were like being very calculating about what bets you were placing and to make total sense. Now I want to dive into analytics because as you were talking, it's like, okay, how, how do, what do you recommend? How do I look at my, my work as a whole and know if these pieces are starting to rank or becoming 11s? What, what's the best tool set to, to track all that? Um, I use Ahrefs, um, which is one of the top three kind of SEO analysis tools. Ahrefs, it's called A, it's spelled A-H-R-E-F-S. Oh, like com. Like the links. Like the like the link tag Just in HTML. You know. yeah. um, so it's called Ahrefs. That's an SEO analysis tool. It's also that's like a nerdy Samra. as hell name for software. Yeah, it is, dude. But at least it's somewhat, no, it's, it's actually it's totally irrelevant to what they do. But like every software company <laughs> that I've ever worked for or worked with started a business that was something, had a name that made sense, and then pivoted three years later and now has a totally unrelated name. Anyway. Right. Um, it's <laughs> like naming your company, company after like for. one of the Starship Enterprises or something. You know, like it's just, yeah. <laughs> a few so people get so it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the tool I use is called Ahrefs, or Ahrefs. Um, there's also a tool called SEMrush, S-E-M-R-U-S-H. And a tool to be fair, Mons, you can't even say H. A H refs easily. A-H-refs. God, people. No. 
Yeah. They need a little brand. They, they should listen to this podcast. We get some branding experts on here, you know, and they should just yeah. change up things. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So SEMrush. But they already own the domain and the domain as well. But anyway, yeah. I know all that link juice. <laughs> so right? much for Moz, exactly. And that's why nobody ever changes the domain name. Um, HF, Sunrush, or Moz. It doesn't matter. What you are looking for is a platform that will say, if I give you a URL, tell me all of the key phrases for which that URL is ranking in the top 100 search results of Google. Um, those tools will also say, if I give you a domain name, my domain name, for instance, my homepage is URL. Um, what are all of the key phrases that that domain is ranking for? And I want to understand both on a domain level, but also on an individual URL level. A lot of those platforms as well can send you an alert when you get to 12th position. Um, they can say in the past so cool. month, you've gone from 14th to 11th or whatever it is. Uh, and the reason that you need though, so no. I will get to the reason you need that. The second tool is Google Analytics and Google Search Console, um, because I want to know exactly the traffic being driven by any ranking position that my content is in. So AHF, SEMrush, and Moz will tell me where my content is ranking within Google search results. And Google Analytics and Google Search Console will tell me how much traffic that ranking position is driving for me. And this gets us back to intent, because we talked before about is, firstly, is the content that I'm creating relevant to my business? Am I driving relevant traffic? Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think I'm driving relevant traffic, but for whatever reason, no one's clicking on my search result, even though I'm in third position. Hmm. Is that because the key phrase that I actually targeted is branded? Maybe there's a company called podcastideas.com. If I can write for podcast ideas, but everybody's searching for that key phrase is actually looking for the branded search term, podcastideas.com, then I'm then there's no point in me ranking for it. right? Or if the search intent is already met and this is happening more and more frequently, if Google is spitting out the search they're looking for. We had a client of ours the other day who was looking to rank for um, how old do you have to be to work at McDonald's or how old do you have to be to work at Starbucks? All of these key phrases look great on paper, but the reality of the situation is that Google is now spitting out the word 17 and that is the entirety of the search intent. That's all that somebody's looking for is the number 17, because that's all you need to be to work at Starbucks and McDonald's. And no one's going to click on his 2000 word article because Nobody. the search intent's been met. So even if Ahrefs is saying you're ranking in second or first position for this key phrase, you're not going to generate clicks. So we need to be aware of are we generating both high intent traffic and also is our ranking position driving clicks? And only a combination of Ahrefs and Google Analytics will give you that information. Ted. James, you are the you are the most intelligent and clearly communicating and non skeezy snake oil salesman SEO guys I've ever met. I, I've met a few, well, and it's very rare. I'm balding, but otherwise, yeah, my slicked back hair faded a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably from all the search updates. His hair falls out from search oh updates, God. right? For me, it was math. Yeah, the whole so. industry based on somebody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, with that question, like, who are you? Who are you? like? Take me back in time, little James. Did you know you were going to be basically symbiotic with Google Search and and understanding it oh, yeah, to the level you are at this point and be leading people through the wilderness like you are? No, man. I was a little English major who didn't know what they were going to do. I was an English major with a history minor who was like, well, I'm going to teach or work at Starbucks. So those seem to be my option. 
and uh maybe both you might need to do both yeah maybe i'll <laughs> teach and then on the part yeah i know yeah and then i serendipitously fell into a marketing role at a tech company in vancouver canada um they did marketing automation lead generation software which was a really cool offering for a writer so i came in at a writing role i'm an english major let me write about content i don't know what i'm talking about but if you bs long enough at a certain point you stop bsing and that's what like kind of brought me from content writing through to actually knowing what I was talking about. And yeah. that took me a couple of years, like it does any 20 year old. Um, but our software also was very specifically oriented, oriented towards sales funnel, marketing funnel, um, service, service oriented stuff. So that enabled me to write with some level of authority on, okay, if you're generating people at the top of your funnel, what are you doing to get them through to the bottom? And I was doing content creation on the side. So it's content optimization, content writing. And then I moved into head of inbound at that tech company, um, just leading the charge on what the strategy was behind why we created these articles. And then I was there for about six years in Vancouver. And then my wife and I, we got married and we said, we're going to take off six months and go travel the world. And um, so we went to New Zealand and Australia and Indonesia, and it was amazing. And wow. during that time, I started writing for just kind of like to keep things rolling over. I was doing the whole writing from a palm tree um, Hell yeah. thing. It was amazing. And I wrote for a content agency called Codeless that puts content together for their clients. And when I kind of, when our travels ended, I said, okay, I don't want to write anymore. I love writing, but I want to be in a strategic role. So I came on as head of editorial. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, moved to the VP, VP role. And I think for me, what I love about it as much as I do is that I love agency work. And believe me, it's insane and it's hard and it's crazy. But it's also always new and exciting, meeting and working with new clients and having new problems and, trying, and be, being the guy who can fix those problems for them is such a cool position to be in. Um, so I love it. I, uh, I come into work every day as enthusiastic as I was when I started this call with you. Um, I say that some days, some clients have really, you know, it's really challenging. I see it was not an easy space to be in in 2023. Um, but facing those challenges with like an understanding of how, of what should work and why, and seeing people succeed or explaining why they're not, um, is a gratifying way to you know spend a day yeah and you weren't involved with jc penny at all were you no. you heard about that <laughs> no what was a couple, it a couple years back jc penny's the store um, yeah i guess they cheated big time on on seo and google found out and just like blanked them off of results for a month or so <laughs> how have i not heard about that no oh, yeah yeah you should look it up but uh but yeah they they were they were messing around with something they were like using some sort of exploit on their catalog yeah. and it was showing up everywhere more than it should. Black hat and gray hat SEO, such an interesting way for the industry to start. Cause it was like, I'm like, when I, when I started creating content in 2012, um, you could literally just throw anything up there and Google would rank it. If yeah. you had any level of like, let me write 1500 words on X thing. Um, the first article I ever wrote, I, the company we're doing social media contests and lead, lead generation through that. I wrote an article on um, uh, social uh, Facebook post examples. I was 
20 years old. I had no idea what I was talking about. I pulled 11 examples from Facebook, from my own newsfeed, <laughs> put it up there, made some dumb analysis of how, of why these were good. It ranked for like three years and has like that, that, that's that, that, that key phrase has like 12,000 searches per month or something insane like that. Before wow. in 2016, people started to cotton on like, oh, this is a really good way to drive traffic leads and sales. Um, we should actually invest in this a little bit. And as soon as anybody invested in an article was like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm, actually not, I'm not actually that good. <laughs> I wrote this when I was 20. I feel what I was talking about. No one's touched it since 2013. Uh, yeah, but no Holy longer, crap. man, no longer. Holy crap. Do you have a favorite spot you hit in, in those adventures, in those those journeys? Yeah, the north uh, coast of the Southern Island um, the, uh, golden, golden Bay, golden sands, um, Paia, P-A-I-H-I-A, uh, no, Paia was not known. Golden sands, Takaka, it's T-A-K-A-K-A, Takaka, golden sands beach. Um, one of the most natural places on earth. We had a kayak Zealand, trip. Right? It was, yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to, it was, we did like this kayak trip that was supposed to be a group tour. And it ended up just being my wife and I and the tour guide. And so we had this like private kind of tour around. We just kayaked for like six hours, seven hours, stopped off. She like had a coffee pot. We just like had some coffee on the beach. And we just like, there was, we saw like baby seals. It was just one of the most remarkable days. It's one of those days that you look back on and just say, I, that was in my top five. You know, it was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, the pictures yeah. online are sick. It, it's like not even real. I know. it's It doesn't feel real. And then <laughs> after the kayak trip, we went back and there was this little beach hut that had hamburgers. And like for some crazy reason, I don't know why this was the case, one of the best hamburgers I've ever had in my entire life. I was like, why are you here, man? Like you need to go to New York or something because you're making some of the best hamburgers ever. And there's like, you've had four customers today. You need to figure out this model and new because these are incredible. So that was a highlight for me. <laughs> Man, it's it, that's like the exclamation point on the whole day. It's like, okay, right? Best views ever. I was basically in a simulation the whole time. It doesn't seem real at all. And then this freaking hamburger guy comes and just makes makes the yeah. icing on the cake. Amazing. That was awesome. I highly recommend. Well, um, super quick. Well, then let's talk about Codeless for a second. So. Sure. What do you guys do? You do all the things you just described. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. So when I first got there, they were doing content production exclusively. So okay. clients would come and bring a, hey, I want you to write these topics. Go and do it. And when I came in, it was really important to me that we uh, incorporate strategy because our clients, if they didn't see success, it was our fault. If mm -hmm. they did, they took credit. Yeah. And I wanted to stop that. So I said, if I'm going to be responsible for the lack of success this client sees, I want to be responsible for it. And if they do succeed, I want to be able to say, look what we did. Right. So in the past two years or so, I've started to take over. Well, now it's, it's part of our statements of work is that I'm doing the strategy for your business. And you can do it if you'd like, but you're going to pay for me to do it either way. Because <laughs> then when you see success or don't, I can say, and I'm more than happy to own if I, if we don't see success and I'm giving it my best shot, then I can say, listen, this is why it didn't happen. Or we just didn't get it right for whatever reason. But nine times out of 10, we see success. I can say, look what I did. Stay with us, do more upsell, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, 
So that's the, so that's the code side of things. So there I'm responsible for, I, I, I lead the team that does content strategy for our clients wow. and I oversee kind of, um, the editorial quality side of things as well. And then I also work and you introduced me as I'm also director of SEO or VP of SEO at, um, Usurp, and that's our sister company and they do backlinking. Okay. So in general with SEO, high quality content coupled with really high DR backlinks from G2 and whatever, 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 um, sent to those articles are going to drive them to success far more quickly. So we have two branches of our company. We have individual clients, independent clients. We also have a lot of combo clients who pay for 20,000 words of content in any given month alongside eight high 865 plus DR backlinks. And we incorporate those two and people see success. So I'm responsible also for identifying what are we going to target? What are the URLs that we're going to target? You know, type at 11s, a fantastic way. If the content's already amazing on one of your 11s, invest for a couple months into driving backlinks to it from high, really high reputable sites, Jeez. and then it will go up. <clears throat> so all about intention, man. You know, at five seconds in, I'm like, one, this is absolutely the stuff to listen to, but literally just have anyone that's potentially shopping you listen to this episode. And I, I knew like five seconds in, like I would, I would immediately hire this guy to do this. <laughs> um, I understand exactly what you're saying and man, it sounds like a lot of work and wouldn't it be great to have the pros do it. So man, I appreciate you being on here. One final question for you um, before I release you back to the, the, the crack and that is your, your Da Vinci workshop. Um, if you could go back in time and meet yourself a few days after getting that English degree, and you can say anything you want to yourself, the universe won't implode, you won't create flashpoint. Um, what would you tell yourself? Wow. I would probably say something along the lines of trust your talent. Because I think not even trust your talent, trust. Trust what you're good at now, because within SEO, there's the vertical expertise perspective of it, and there's the, you know, understanding what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. But there's also the component of it that I didn't trust for a long time, which was that I can learn what you need to learn, but what I'm good at is talking about it and promoting it and explaining it. And that part of what I do and how I do it, I didn't learn. Not really. And I think you can be taught that kind of thing. I think it's a really important thing to do internally, externally, agency, whatever. Um, but being able to effectively communicate the value of, of what you do with your day to day is really, really important. And I think that I didn't for a long time trust that I had anything to offer the world without the level of vertical expertise that I now have. And it, realistically, I think vertical expertise was and is secondary mm. to the thing I wasn't taught. Um, and so I would tell myself to trust that what you're already good at is, 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 is a lot and worthy of investing it. And the rest can come after learning stuff can come after you can always teach yourself as long as you have a little bit of you know um a little bit of confidence a little bit of perseverance you can teach yourself all of this stuff of any industry so build on the back of what you already know and feel you're good at hmm. and trust that that's a lot 
so powerful. Where can people reach out? You want them to connect with you, throw out some URLs, social sites. Where sure. where do they go to get more of this? For sure. Uh, I mean, Codeless is Codeless.io. Um, Usurp is Usurp.io, U-S-E-R-P.io. Uh, but honestly, as you can tell, I love talking about this kind of thing. You can tweet me at JD Shear. That's J-D-S-E-H-E-R-E-R. But honestly, if you're really into this kind of thing, email me at james at codeless.io. Um, and I'm happy to talk about this stuff or talk about strategy or any of the rest of it. Uh, I'm around. You can find me. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm following you right now. Click. Um, how about that? So, dude, thank you so much for coming on here. I literally have no kidding. have not had this much fun talking about SEO in probably forever. So uh, yeah. thank you for it's not like the funnest topic of all time. I know, but it, it sometimes it's yeah. mystery and it's it's hard yeah. work and all these things. But I completely agree with your summation about that skill that you have, which is explaining it and making it interesting and exciting. I'm like, I'm feeding off that passion you have for it. So thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. I really enjoyed this. And for those listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here. You got to show it so people don't think you're full of full of horse crap. So I, if you've learned like I have, share this episode with one person, three people, 9,000 people, whatever. It's thought leadership, getting good information into right people's hands. Um, amazing. James, thanks again, dude. Always, man. All right, everyone. This has been a crazy, hasn't been crazy. Such a cool episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.